Welcome to Hope Church. If we haven't met yet, my name is Nate, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hope. And uh, man, today we got so much to celebrate. First off, let's get up for Andrew and going public with his faith. Come on. Secondly, we'd like to celebrate over 50 people gave their hearts to Jesus this Christmas season. Thank you for inviting your friends and family. Thank you for investing in the production and in all of the things those of you invested and invited and served. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know about you, but I love this star series. Don't you love it? We're going to take the stars right into the new year, and we're talking about greatness because the stars point to greatness. This verse in Job 9, it just gets me fired up. It says this, God hung the stars in the sky. That's who hung them. God hung them. The Dipper, the Orion, the Pleiades, and the stars of the south. We cannot understand, I love this word, the great. I would say greatness. The greatness of our God. The great things he does. And to his miracles, there are no end. Isn't that incredible? We, he hung the stars, and he didn't just hang the stars. He did it in a great way with his greatness on display. Even to this day in 22, there are still galaxies and stars that are hung out there that we have yet to discover, yet to see. We just know it keeps expanding. Scientists say it just keeps on being hung, and we haven't found the end of the hangingness that God hung. Isn't that awesome? I know we get familiar with the fact that the earth is like in orbit around this star named the sun. Isn't that kind of crazy? And we get familiar with the gravitational pull of this hot star that just is perfectly hung, the perfect distance with the perfect, uh, the, the perfect posture around the sun. It just keeps hanging there perfectly. We get really familiar with that. And it moves at this perfect speed that doesn't like whip us out to space. And it also doesn't suck us into the sun to get burned alive. And we get really familiar with that. In 2022, I bet you nobody's thought, man, I'm glad that the earth is still suspended perfectly. I'm, I'm really glad we get another spin around the sun, you know? <laughs> like nobody thinks about that, you know? But there's this perfect tension of balance of forces that keeps what God hung just humming along perfectly. It's a steady solar system that we're a part of. It's very steady. It's like steady Eddie, okay? A star is hung perfectly and the earth is hung perfectly and it's all just balanced and perfect tension. It's literally just one of billions of these galaxies that, and these solar systems that are built around a star. Isn't that wild? And there's billions of these bright, starry, sunny things that, you know, just have forces and poles. And I concur with verse 10. I'll just say that. We cannot understand the great things he does. And to his miracles, there is no end. And it's not only like a sun that is, that is steady and beautiful, but the sun, I don't know if you notice this, it's really shiny. So we have a steady sun and we have a shiny sun. It's steady and it shines bright. Have you ever stared at the sun before? It's like, wow, it just keeps on shining, doesn't it? We're calling this installment of the first of the year, it's week six, Shine Like the Stars. If you're taking notes today, go ahead, tell your neighbor, shine like the stars. It seems like really cute and cliche, but it's biblical. It's not just inspirational, it's impactful. And I want to look at it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, where Paul says this to the New Testament church. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. I love that. Be a positive person. Don't be a whiner, be a winner. So that you might become blameless and pure children of God. 
Everybody say, I'm a child of my father. That's going to come into play a little bit later today, but a child of God. Not a child of Joseph, not a child of David, not a child of filling your dad's name. You're a child of God. He says, go ahead and don't be complaining. Don't be arguing. You might become blameless and pure, a child of your father in heaven. Without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation. Here it is. In which you shine like the stars. So inspirational, Paul. In which you shine like the stars. So biblical, people of hope. The, in the universe, as you hold out the word of life, the bread of life, in order that you may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. I didn't want waste my life in 2022. I didn't waste my life for nothing. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. Don't you love his tenor? I love Paul. He's always in a good mood. You know what I'm saying? He's a positive person that goes through hell. I mean, honestly, his life is hard. But he's like, I'm glad. I want to rejoice with all y'all. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. That's a leader I can follow. He's not full of doom and gloom and the world's coming. You know, he said, I'm happy and you should be happy with me. Come on, any inspirational, gravitational pulling going on in this place? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Verse 14 again, let's catch it. It says, do everything without, I like to think of a B word because the next word is becoming blameless, okay? Do everything without complaining and arguing so that you might become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in the world, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them. Then you will shine. Then you will shine like a star. Then you will be a positive person and you will shine like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to Jesus, the word of life. I love that. So I'm fired up around the word, and I love what Jesus says, and I love what Paul's teaching the New Testament believers. He says, don't hold back. Don't be dim. Don't be dull. Don't be dreary. Don't go into the new year a dunce. Shine bright like the stars in the universe. I don't know about how you feel about shining. It's really insignificant how you feel about it. Many people, they try to like hide and shy away from shining. Some people love being in the spotlight. They love to be seen. Shine on, shine on. But I know most of us are in this mixture place where we want to be seen, but we also want to hide. And sometimes I want to be really loud in my family. And then other times in public, I want to be really quiet. And you don't know me. I know you. And we get all shiny sometimes in ourselves. And other times where we're conserved. Conserved? Yeah. Conservative and reserved. <laughs> Those are the two words. More conservative and reserved. But whether you like to be seen or whether you're afraid of being seen, we are all called to shine. We're all called to shine. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, let you shine as the stars in the universe. No matter who you are, no matter what gift you have, no matter how great you are or how pathetic you feel, you are called. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, if the greater one lives inside of you, you are a person who shines. And whether you prefer to hide or whether you like to be showy-offy, know this, that you are someone who shines. It's an extraordinary thing that Paul is writing to us in this new year, in the New Testament. But whether you like being seen or you're not, we're all called. Everybody say, all called. You know, back in the Old Testament, Abraham, he was given a promise by God that his descendants would be like the stars in the sky. And stars shine in the sky. And Paul is saying the promise to Abraham is fulfilled in who you are in 2022. Isaiah the prophet, he spoke to the people of Israel, and he said to them, your job is to be a light to the Gentiles. 
And though throughout their history they kept on failing to live up to that calling, to that commission, Paul is saying to the church in Philippi, you are fulfilling the call of Israel to be a light to the Gentiles, to be light to the lost. Then there's Daniel. You know, Daniel and Daniel 12, 3, I'm just making a case why I can say it's your job to shine as the stars in the universe. Just listen to Daniel here. He says, those who are wise, they will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. You know why I'm excited about 50 people responding to the gospel this Christmas? Because those who, who, who lead many to righteousness, who lead many to Jesus, who lead many to his righteousness and his finished work, they will shine like the stars forever. And that gives your life meaningful significance. When you see people around you connecting to righteousness and you lead them to righteousness by investing and inviting your life in their lives, guess what? You're like a star that shines forever. I'm sorry, I'm just reading the Bible. People of hope. Daniel says it. Isaiah says it. Paul says it. I love that. I want to be somebody who leads many people to righteousness in my generation. And Paul is saying something you need to know if you become a believer in Christ. If Christ lives in you, if the hope of glory exists in you and you choose to follow Jesus, this is not something for the future. This is not something for when you're qualified. This is not something when you have a few notches in your belt and a few years in the seats. This is for you to shine now. You shine like the stars. You're supposed to shine. We're all supposed to shine. You don't need to hide. All of us are meant to shine. And I think we are a shiny church. Wouldn't you agree? I love the people of hope. This is a church that shines. You shine in generosity. You shine in your worship. I love worshiping with you. You, you shine in serving others. You shine in loving your community. But also each of you individually in your families, in your workplace, in your college campus, in your, in your friend circles. Each of you were created to shine individually. So when you come here, you'll meet shiny people. And they're not just all you know, shiny, but they have Christ in them that causes them to, to radiate and to be positive people in the middle of a dark and dreary world. It's like something that's real, even though it looks fake. It's not too good to be true because it's too good to be true and it's really in me and it's really in you. It's called Christ in you, the hope of all glory. It's shiny, okay? And I believe this. I believe the tragedy in life is not that there are so many people who just want to be stars. The tragedy is that there are so many people who don't realize they already are stars. You're already stars. And Paul is talking to the church in Corinth about Moses and the Old Testament. Okay, another affirmation of this statement that I'm making, shine like the stars. When Moses went to go meet with God, he came off the mountain of God with his face shining. He was radiant. After being in God's presence, after being in God's manifest reality, he shone, he's shiny. And he had to put on a veil so the people of Israel wouldn't get blinded by his brightness. Man, I love that. When's the last somebody, time somebody came up to you and said, you're too blindingly bright. I got, you, you should put a mask over that thing. You're just too positive. You're too happy. You're too, you're too shiny. That's what Moses was. He's like, I got to protect people from my positivity, from my radiance, from being in God's presence. i got to protect people from the amazing power of God in my face. His face was shining in his face. That's crazy. 
But this was special to Moses. This wasn't for every New Testament believer, maybe. Like, everybody's like, well, it's just Moses. He's really special. He goes up the mountain. He gets to do special things. It was only for him. But Paul writes to 2 Corinthians 3, 18 to the church that we all. So this isn't reserved. So this isn't for special people. So this isn't just for the priesthood of Moses' day. This isn't just for, like, miracle workers. This is that we all, with unveiled faces, Reflect the glory of our, our God. Reflect the glory of the Lord. This is something for each and every one of us. It's for me and it's for you. We shine like the stars. There should be a brightness, a brilliance, something bold coming from our being. Jesus was the perfect example of what it looks like to shine in the world. Matthew 5, 14, he gave it to us straight. Everybody's like, Jesus, you're amazing. You're the light of the world. And he actually flipped and he's like, you are the light. You are the light. Well, I'm the light of my home. No, no, no. You're the light of the world. Well, I'm the light of my littleness. No, you're the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. You say, wow, this sounds nice. This makes for great preaching. I feel really inspired. This is great, Nate. But are you really telling us to shine like the stars? Yeah, well, well not me, but the Bible is. Jesus is. Paul is. Isaiah is. Daniel is. Shine like the stars. Yeah, but do you think that anything great is really going to happen in 2022? I mean, have you seen the predictions? Can anything good come out of Corning, Elmira, New York? Can greatness really be achieved through my little life in 2022? I say yes, and I love the people of Hope shouting yes, a resounding yes. I like that because... People ask the same question and they thought the same things about Jesus. Can anything come, good come out of Nazareth? Can anything great come out of nowhere? Is what Nazareth means. Literally translated nowhereville. They questioned his greatness. They questioned his power. Even though they saw, they saw his bright and shining moments, but they questioned what they saw left and right in his own hometown, especially the people who knew him. And they'll say, well, I never would get familiar with Jesus. He's so amazing, vibrant, bright. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, but when's the last time you thought about the solar system and the sun and the brilliance of a star that you're spinning around? Nobody's thought about that yet this year. You just take it for granted. It becomes familiar. And sometimes when we get in these routines and these life cycles and spins around centers of suns, it's like, yeah, it's just church. And it's just Jesus. And yes, I know, but it's a brand new year, but it's just another day on a calendar. It's just jaded to brightness all around you. It's just the person sitting next to me. It's just somebody else in my hope group. You know, it's just another story. Here they go again. It's just another song. You know, we get really familiar with stuff, and and we start to question the brightness of the brilliance of Jesus all around us. And anything great really happened in our town. They questioned his greatness. When they saw him on display, shining bright, healing people, delivering people, helping people, feeding people, serving people, they said, oh, I know what we see. I know it looks bright. But can anything good come out of Nazareth? They questioned his bright and his shining, left and right, especially people who knew him the most, especially people who were familiar 
with how he suspended everything and how he just worked at his dad's wood shop and how he was kind of like a proprietor of a, a small business in his town and he's a carpenter. They were so familiar with him and they saw him shining and even in all the brightness and all the shining and all the miracles and all the power and all his wonder on display, they were like, eh, it's just Jesus. It's just a new year. It's just Hope Church. It's just Pastor Nate hyping me up again. Shine like the stars. Are you kidding me? What is this? Shine with the stars with Ellen? Or what, what, what are you trying to tell me? You know, it's like, what is this weird show that we're on? Shine like the stars. It's especially people who were familiar with him. Matthew 13, 54, it says, when Jesus came to his own home country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. They were blown away. Jesus is a great communicator. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom and these great, greatness and mighty works? Are you guys catching this? Where, where did the, all this greatness come from? Isn't this just Jesus, the carpenter's son? Isn't his mom named Mary or something familiar? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, aren't they all around somewhere with us? Where then did this man get all these things, all this great stuff? So they were offended at him. They were bothered on New Year's Sunday. What are you talking about shining like star? They were offended with his greatness. Are you catching what I'm saying? And Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own country and his own house. Is this not the carpenter's son? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Is 2022 going to be any different, really, at all? I mean, can we find anything great in us that's really going to affect change in our city? These are questions of greatness. They're questions of the power that lives in you. They're questions of the greater one. Is he really good? Is he really God? Is he really that great? And here we see Jesus appearing to the synagogue to religious people to declare, let's go for greater. This is the time. This is the day. Right here, right now, this is the hour. And it challenged the way they saw their faith actually making an impact in their current world and reality. Here's the way they viewed their God. He challenged their routines. He challenged their rituals. He challenged their status quo. He challenged their expectations in the new year. And here is God on earth in flesh himself. Not challenging the world challenging the religious not the world or not the not the not the world not the sinners not the adulterers he challenges the religious people if you're a liberator and you're getting ready to set the world free you're getting ready to set people free you should start with the ones who are most oppressed and so you know where he goes he goes to the religious he goes to the church he goes to the synagogue and the self-righteous and the holier than thou and he offends them because he's taken their religion out of their historical context he's taken their religion out of their tradition and he brought it to a place of present tense right now right now this is the greatest moment in all of history and he challenges them and religious people get challenged when their faith must be proven in the moment. They love to talk about the great history of days of old and Finney and you know, Wesley and all these. They love to talk about the great destiny when Jesus comes back. But they shy away from the great right now. January 2nd, 2022. 
They shy away from right now. They talk about what used to be. And they talk about what's going to be while they live in hell right now. Jesus said, this is what he preached to them. This day, the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. He says, I'm unrolling the scroll, but I am the scroll. Right now, it's the scripture and the history and the future rolled out in front of you. I am the right now, present God, real God, bright and shining morning star God. And I'm rolling myself out before you. He said, right here, right now, in this moment. And it's like, oh, he's just full of hyperbole. This is it. And what is the problem with that? The problem is they did not recognize the greatness in front of their face. The great thing that God was doing in their present moment of faith. I want to ask you, do you recognize the greatness and the greater one that's in you right now? Not someday. Not used to be. When you gave your heart to Jesus in 96. Right now. Do you recognize the great things that Jesus is doing in the present messy moments of your life? Do you recognize who you're standing in the midst of, whose presence is encompassing you? Do you understand what you've got in the people, in the community, in the church? Do you know what's going on all around you? Or have you relegated God to the corners of your life, either what he did for you yesterday or what he's going to do for you tomorrow, and not recognize who he is and what he's capable of and what he wants to pull out of you right now? Today is the day of the fulfillment. Right now is the moment, the fulfillment of the scrolls, the scripture, right here, right now, in the midst of your normalcy, in the midst of your ordinary. God is doing something great right now, but do you see it? Can you see the markings of greatness on your life, people of hope? And if I were to challenge you to see it, could you handle it? He says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your eyes. See, you don't get in any trouble reading the scripture. They're like, yeah, read it all day long. Religious people love hearing the scriptures. Just as long as the historical scriptures do not alter your comatose, complacent, current life reality. People are fine with the historical context of God, but when you have a God that is contemporary, the moment you face right now, people say, no, 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 greatness will be later in heaven. You know, someday he's got a mansion getting ready for me. I got something greater coming, you know. One day the trumpets will sound. It's going to be awesome. And, but not today. We can study the great moves of God in the past or excuse ourselves why we shy away from the greatness of God invading our present moment. We shy away from it. Going for greatness because of cost and lack of comfort. And it just seems so ordinarily, insanely normal. Doesn't it feel kind of normal today? I want to tell you something. Shining, it, it, it costs you energy. It costs you time. It costs you life to shine. You know why people hate shiny people? Because they don't have the energy shiny people have. They don't have the time of investment that shiny people have. And, and they don't want to live the life that shiny people live. Because you know what the sun is exuberant, like pushing out all the time? Time. Energy. It costs you something to shine right now. And it's easier to just sit back and say, he used to shine, and he's going to shine. But right now, I feel complacently comfortable and not pushing to shine always. You know, it's not always comfortable to shine like the stars. 
It's not always comfortable to bring Jesus and his power and his greatness into your Monday. It's not really fun to exuberate energy, to shine like Jesus on Tuesday. It takes a lot of time, energy, effort, and life. It's not convenient to step away from normal and shine bright like a diamond. It's just not convenient to shine and be bold. You know what? It's, it's easier to be a coward than it is to be bold. It's easier to be dim than it is to be bright. It's easier to go out than it is to burn. But people of hope, you were born for greater. You were born for greater. And it's not just Beyonce telling you to shine bright like a diamond. It's not just Beyonce saying, shine bright, be your best. It's the Bible telling you to shine bright and exuberate. Push out the energy and the life of the Savior, the greater one that lives in you. And in order to get there, I need a God who can invade my present moment. I need a God in relationship that's past tradition and is in my life transforming it right now. I don't need a God who invaded my yesterday and invades my tomorrow. I need a God that can invade my substance right now. My current state right now, in this moment, He is in me. In this moment, greater is He that lives in you than He is in the world. That, that allows you to wake up. What excuse do I have to be sleepy when the greater one lives in me? What excuse do I have to have a bad attitude when greatness lives in me? If I am the vessel of the Holy Spirit, if I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, if the greater one lives in me, these things and greater things will be done through you. Jesus promised us as a New Testament church, I got what it kind of takes away my right now excuses. This is the day the scripture is fulfilled. And Jesus Filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, being the Word made flesh, He shows up and says, right now I'm shining. And the Bible says they were astonished. And they marveled at His words. You might love church. You might be astonished and inspired and, and marvel at words every weekend. Because He's profound and He had power in His Word. And the Word always gives life and there's excellence in this Word. And they were shocked at His Word. And they were marveled at His Word. He really impressed people. Because he had done a great thing and brought it to a contemporary setting, and they just marveled at it. But marveling isn't moving. Marveling is not believing in it. See, they all marveled at Jesus, and they were astonished with his words, but they didn't believe in him. And it'd be really sad to live your whole life just in awe and just come into church your whole life. At the synagogue. These are church people. He's in the synagogue. Be in awe and inspired and astonished and, and never move. And never allow Jesus to invade your current reality and your current identity and your current moving. They marveled, but they didn't move. You can be impressed and not be changed. You can be inspired and not be moved. You can get the goosebumps and the chills and go right back to being who you were in 2021 before you got here this morning. You can get a personal word from Jesus himself. This is proof that Jesus himself could not win you to himself. Spoken over your life and go right back to the same fruitless living, jaded to Jesus' lifestyle. So they marveled at it, but were they moved by it? And I'm telling you, this isn't Pastor Nate's preaching. This is Jesus preaching. And if anybody can preach, it's Jesus. He is the Word. He's not just sharing the Word. He's not just breaking down the Word. He literally is the Word made flesh. And it still wasn't enough for these people. 
Ah, the reason they were not moved is because they questioned Jesus' greatness. And they did not believe, even though they thought they believed everything. They questioned, isn't this just Jesus? Literally, isn't this just Joseph's son? That one sentence stops people from doing great things in their current reality. Isn't it just a Sunday morning, Hope Church, Pastor Nate, and people of hope all around me? Isn't it just it's nice people? Because you, people will always trap you into how they understand you to be. Always dragging you back into what they see and how they see you. Every time you want to step into greatness and shine like the star that God has called you to be, there is always some little person, always some little idea, always some little rumor, always some little gossiper, some little hater who says, don't pay attention to her. I, know, I knew her when. You don't know where her marriage is at. I, don't pay attention to that shine. She's having a good day, but don't pay attention to the goodness on her life. You don't know who they really are. Isn't that just Joseph's son? You don't know who he really is. He's just a carpenter kid. And it's keeping you away from receiving and buying the shine and the great things that God is capable of doing in everyday, ordinary people's lives. And if we don't answer this question, we'll never do anything greater. If we don't answer this question, we will never do anything greater. Whose child are you? Because you don't act like your father. You get what I'm saying? That's the question about Jesus' you know, kind of questionable origins. Isn't this just Joseph's son? Well, the truth of the matter is, no! You're wrong. He's not just Joseph's son. He was the only begotten son of God the Father in heaven. He's not just Joseph's kid. But Joseph was the father they saw. You know, so they defined him at that limitation based on what they thought he was. How many people define and limit everything around them based on what they think it is? And if God in flesh had this much trouble going for greater and doing great things and inspiring people, if God had this much resistance shining and stepping into the greatness in his life and on his calling, imagine the resistance there is to stop you from going for greatness. Everything in your life holds you back. And they said, isn't it just Joseph's son? And they, un they, and they locked him up in the area of their understanding. They couldn't see the stars. They went inside the tent. They, all they could see was the inside of the canvas. They refused to see the greatness of their God. And that's what they said about Jesus, God in flesh. So what are they going to say about you that's going to stop you? Will you be limited in 2022 to how other people define you? Will you spend the rest of your life living up to the idea of who other people think you are? Or do you have the courage to break the mold? Do you have the courage to, in an imperfect way, shine bright like a diamond? To really go for greater even though you don't have all your stuff together? Do you have the courage to shine like a star? The greatness to not settle for the status quo. See, it's not for the ordinary. It's not 
for the people who just want to roll over. It's only for the people who want to take over, who say, I will be about my father's business. No matter what, I will build my church in the gate. I will build a life. I will build what God has created me to build. This is jailbreak people who will not wait to be released, but you are going to break out of the dungeons of mediocrity and step into greatness no matter what she says, no matter what they think, no matter where they say you came from, no matter what your origins are, no matter what your background is, no matter what restraining thing is, this is your moment at the turn of a new year. It's now or never. If you don't do it, you're never going to do it at all. You got to decide. I'm going for greatness no matter what. You have to make up your mind. Are you going to be Joseph's son or not? Make up your mind who you are. Are you Joseph's son or are you his son? You got to make up your mind. Who is your father? Is it David T. Hackett or is it God? The question is, isn't this just Joseph's son? And you better believe the answer is no, I'm a child of God. Isn't this just so-and-so? No, 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 no. I'm a child of the most high God. Isn't it just, you know, didn't you come from all this dysfunction? No, 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 no. I came from divinity. I'm a child of the king. His blood is running through my veins. His blood has covered me. I have an inheritance. I belong to him. Wherever I go, he goes. I carry a kingdom. It's like, it's a little bit different now. Well, wasn't your mom an alcoholic? I have been born again into a new family with a new father. You better believe the Holy Spirit has birthed something in me, and there's more here than meets the eye. I am not who you think I am. I know who I've always been. I know what you've always said about me. I know what you've always thought about me. But I am not who you think I am, Joseph's little boy. I'm going for greatness, like it or lump it. I have a mandate. You know why I have a mandate? Because I'm a child of God. I'm a child of a king. There's different ownership and responsibility and pressure on me to represent something bigger than my smallness. To shine like the stars. To light up my world with the greater one that lives in me. If you're a son of a king or a queen, if you're in royal family lines, your childhood, your understanding, your perceptions of the world are not like anybody else's. It's different. You go to different schools. You get different training. You get different training on everything. You know why? Because you're not just a son of somebody. You're the son of a king. And everything changes when your father is somebody. I want to tell you, you have a, a new father. I don't know if you know that. But you've been born again into a new family. In, in this passage, we see that Paul's description of what it means to be a star, to be a superstar for Jesus. And the first thing is they sh that we shine with this mixture of confidence and humility. Okay? And these are all polar opposites. It's like perfectly suspended that I'm going to take you through. First point is confidence without humility is cocky or arrogant. Humility without confidence is cowardly. Or timidity okay shine with confidence and humility confidence without humility is cocky or arrogant humility without confidence is cowardly it's very timid we shine with confidence because the one who is in us you know is the one who makes us shine we're not confident just in self we're not confident just about how great we are and how gifted we are we're confident about the one who comes on us, who lives within us, who anoints us to be more than meets the eye. We're confident that when I show up, something more than me shows up. 
Jesus is the light of the world, and, and his light shines within us and banishes the darkness from our lives. And the light is so powerful that it begins to shine out from us. So it shines within us, and it shines out from us. And so our confidence is not based in ourselves, on our talents, our abilities, our energy, or anything else. Our confidence is based on the one who lives inside of us and causes us to shine. So that means we don't need to be perfect or flawless in order to shine. I think of it like a light bulb. The glass of the light bulb might not be really clean. The glass of a light bulb might have a few cracks in it. But it's the element within it that causes the light bulb to shine. It's not so much the, the you part of you. It's, it's what lives in you. And the same is with us. We may not have perfectly great track records or be perfectly clean, but we have Jesus within us, and the light is Jesus. It's, we're just like trying to hold it together. He's the one who makes our lives shine. And so we don't need to be perfect. We just need to be full of light. And light disperses darkness. This gives us confidence. This gives us a lot of humility also because we know it's not about the glass encasing. We know it's about the light within us. That's stronger than the darkness around us. Paul says earlier, we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Now this phrase, fear and trembling, is one that shows up a couple of times in the Old Testament. In Psalm 55, where the author of Psalms is pouring out his heart in his weakness, in his frailty, in his pain, in his humanity. He says, my thoughts are troubled. My heart is in anguish. The terrors of death are overwhelming. And he talks about horrors consuming him. And fear and trembling have beset me. And so this is an awareness of weakness. Has anybody in 21 or 2020 had an awareness of weakness? He's like, in this awareness of my weakness, I still shine. This awareness of my frailty and my humanity and my altogether not perfectness, I still shine. Shame will stop you from shining. Guilt will stop you from shining. Things around you that have happened to you that you've been a victim of, they'll stop you from shining. But Paul is saying, you don't shine, you know, trying to be shiny. We actually shine through our weakness. And those things that you think disqualify you actually set you up for success to shine even brighter. Say, if she can make it through that brokenness, if she can make it, if he can make it through that imperfection, cloudy glass, and he's still shining, my God, he can actually help other people shine and the light of Jesus within us empowers other people to shine like us shines out not just through our success but also through our failure not just through our strengths but also through our frailties see I, I'm allowing God to use the broken pieces of my life like a mosaic and to shine through even things that don't look perfect and light something up more beautiful than I could make happen with my perfect cookie-cutter story. See, is it your success and your strength that only you can shine out? Or could you shine through frailties and, and failures as well? And that's how we shine. So, and so as a church, we, we go wrong when we either become too self-confident in ourselves or when we lose confidence in who God really is. The way we shine is, as a people, we are filled with confidence in God and humility about ourselves. Confidence in God. And humility about self. Number two, we shine by being pure but still part of the world. We shine by being pure and a part of. All the believers are like, be in this world, but not of this world. Stay out of the world. Not 
Not in the world. Oh, no, no. But this verse says, be in this world, but not of this world. Philippians 2.14, Paul says, be blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation. But I want you to say, in. Look at that verse. In a crooked and depraved generation. Be children of God without fault in. I would say in the world, but not of it. In a crooked and depraved generation. Actually, it says in the Greek to be in the middle of a crooked or depraved generation. It's to be right in the mix with all the sinners, with all the people who come up short, with all the people, just like Jesus, he's always in the middle of the mix of everything that wasn't so shiny. You're going to go stand with those reputations? Like, yeah, I'm going to go sit with them, have lunch with them. I'm going to actually, this, and this meant, I'm going to put my stamp of approval on their lifestyle. Well, Jesus never would. Well, that's why the religious people hated him so much. Because eating with those people gave them an okay status with you. And you should not be okay with that. He's gone to be amongst the, the, the liars and the tax collectors and the whores and the cheaters and the, ah, oh, just nasty people. And it's like, man, Jesus is like, I, I'm actually here to have lunch with these people. I did not come to be served. I came to seek and save the lost. And he gets criticized for actually changing people's lives. Because he's in the world, but he's not anything like it. If you are really the light of the world, you are never intimidated by darkness because everywhere you go, light goes. Every table you sit at becomes brighter. Well, you're going to lose yourself. Well, you really think the, the light in me is that weak? You think the Jesus that has the ability to save you is that weak? No, 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 but you're weak, and then they'll take over your light, and then you won't shine. I was like, well, wait a minute. Is the greater one in me, or is there somebody greater out there? I don't know who's greater, but some greatness is going to win. He went to go eat with the terrible people. That's because he's the light of the world. And he flips it, and he's like, you say I'm the light of the world. Actually, you are. <laughs> so go sit with whoever. Go help. Go serve. Be the light. The light shines brightest in the darkness. To be in the middle. I would say get in the mix. It says in a crooked end. To get in the mix in this world, but not of it, still in it, still in it. Ever say, in it, to win it, in it, but not of it. There is a calling to be both pure and blameless, but also be in the midst of things. See, the word pure and blameless, the word pure is like pure gold. Paul is saying, don't let anything block the light that is shining from you. Be such a great capsule that it just purely burns. Be pure so the light can shine out without cracks or wrinkles or spots but also be in the middle of things so it's a call to righteousness but it's also a call to be in the middle of things be a part of things so the light can be seen where it needs to be seen the most the light shines brightest in the darkness be in the midst of the dark parts of the world we are not called as christians to retreat and withdraw to hide or detach ourselves and be shining in our four walls. We're called to be involved and engaged. To be in the mix in the middle of stuff. With the people who need it the most. Even when these things seem frightening. We teach our kids to be scared of the world. And scared of sex. And scared of drugs. And scared of all these greater things that could take your life out. We're like, who should I believe? Should I believe my parents or the Bible? 
Am I supposed to play defense or am I supposed to play offense? We wonder why <laughs> kids are so terrified <laughs> and things don't go so well in their future years because they've been taught and ingrained to play. It's not really that great in you their whole lives. Jesus is powerful, but not that powerful. you got to hang out with the right crowd or else you're going to get sucked in and morphed in because you have nothing greater in you than anybody else, even though you know Jesus. It's kind of like the message we subliminally send. And we're scared. We're scared of the world. Oh, my God. My babies. <laughs> what if somebody's doing drugs? You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff seems frightening to us. Well, you'll see. I hope I never do. I hope I instill a confidence and inspire something inside of my children and say, I have something greater than anybody has offered me out here. There's something greater in God's house. There's something greater in God's presence. There's something greater in the greater one. He's actually greater. I hope my kids believe the Bible. So they're not afraid of the world. They're in the world to change the world. Again, we can do this with confidence because the Bible says greater is he than he that's in the world. Are you with me? Why be afraid of the problem when you have all the answers? It's like if I wasn't good at math and I started every math problem with the answer, I'd be a lot more confident because I know the answer. And why would we be intimidated? It's a lot more exciting to make a difference when you know you have the right answer. Jesus came to the world. Jesus so loved the world. He didn't come to shy away from sin. He didn't come to be afraid of sin. He embraced sin everywhere because he wants to be the solution to it. He's a solution-filled Savior, so we, where, does, where does solution work best? Where the problem is. Now his spirit lives in you, the greater spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I don't know any other greater spirit that has resurrection power. Do you? So why are you so afraid to be here what you're here for? To be here for what you're here for. To be part of the world, right smack dab in the middle of it. At the same time, let pure, blameless light of Jesus radiate from your life. The church goes wrong when we become too detached, right? To withdraw from the world. Or the polar opposite, when we become indistinguishable from the world. We look just like them. But as people who shine, we are called to be pure and a part of it. You feel the tension? Are you going to be the world? No, no, no. Are you going to be in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, there's this tension. I don't want to be too this or too that. But we shine with a mixture of confidence and humility. A combination of confidence and humility. Purity and a part of. Everybody say pure and a part of. And thirdly and finally, we shine in the height of delight and the depth of honest realities. In the height of delight. Man, that Hope Church is just full of positive people and they never really help anybody with real problems. And the depth. Are they just hype or are they depth? So it's like you know, Sheldon Van Oaken, in the 20th century poet, who he wrote an autobiography, A Severe Mercy, he called it, A Severe Mercy. He talked about when he was 18 years old, right at the beginning of his life, he saw two possible ways ahead of him. He said, one is this level plane, and the other is the heights and the depths. He said, I made this conscious decision the moment that I saw these two options that I'm going to go for heights and depths instead of level planes. I'm going to be really excited and really feel Lolos, high highs. When you look at Paul's description of the Christian life, of those who shine like stars, you might find this curious mixture of commands. On one level, he's talking about fear and trembling and very serious stuff, about laboring and service and sacrifice and suffering. But then on the other hand, he's talking about not complaining or grumbling, like being a positive person. 
He's talking about joy and gladness and rejoicing with me. And it's a combination of serious things and then very light things. And I suppose that's because the world is really missing that element of balance. We seem to live in a world that's either shallow, too shallow, and too negative. It's too seriously negative and it's too shallowly not having fun. So we're called to shine in the world to bring depth to it and also bring lightness or joy to it. And actually, the best things in life are a combination of these two things. The best TV entertainment manages to combine something that's like really serious and meaningful and profound with something that's joyful and fun to watch. The best events in life are those where something serious and significant is happening, but also there's a sense of joy and celebration. You know, getting married is serious business. It's like for the rest of your life, signing contracts of covenant. It's one of the most serious decisions you can make, and yet you invite all your friends to come get drunk and have fun with you. It's like a marriage. The significant days of your life, they're very serious moments, but they're also a lot of fun. You see the depth and the height and the tension of even a wedding. If you get that in your mind, that picture in your mind, we have a great time. We dance all night. We sing. We, we write songs to each other. We have speeches about each other. We party with each other. And yet, it's one of the most serious decisions you can make for the rest of your life. It's meaningful. If you think about it, the best friends that you have are those that you can have a deep and meaningful conversation with and cry with them. And then you can go to the depth and difficult times with them. But also, the people who make you laugh. And the people you like to play with. And they'll celebrate each other's success. And that way, it's what we're called to do when we shine. Some of us are very good at serious stuff, but we're really bad at joy and gladness. People's lives are on the line. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of fun to lead people to Jesus, don't you think? Others of us are really good at joy and gladness. Woohoo! And you've got like nothing in your brain about the seriousness of what we need to do today to see people's lives changed. You see what I'm saying? Those who shine are called to embrace both the heights and the depths. The serious and, and the joy. Not being too intense and not being too shallow, but embracing both of them. It's kind of like hanging the stars in perfect tension. <laughs> hanging them so they just keep humming. And this is how Paul lived. It's how Paul lived particularly in Philippi. When was Paul in Philippi? He was arrested. That's serious. Have you ever been arrested? You'd remember that day. He was beaten, ouch, flogged, put in prison. He was put in chains. And at midnight, he starts singing praises. It's like the worst thing and a really fun thing. Woo! Midnight with joy, proclaiming the greatness of God in the middle of the night in utter darkness. He was shining and singing brightly. Not disconnected from reality, but his sound did not match his current state. He said, I'm going to make a sound that's rejoicing, and I'm chained in the middle of a high-security prison. He's not disconnected from reality. So many people accuse us of that. No, no, no. We understand the pain in the world. But we also understand praise in the world. You understand what I'm saying? Connecting him. He was connected to something greater in the middle of his really dark reality. Because there's a greater one in him. And there's an earthquake. Earthquake starts. He's set free. The jailer becomes a Christian. All of his family, all of his household gets saved. And Paul's back still hurts like crazy. We're rejoicing. <laughs> Man, I'm in pain. 
There's a great sense of difficulty, but also great success and fruitfulness from his life. You're like, Pastor, pick a lane. Are we serious or are we fun? Okay, both. Is this life or death or is it fun? It's both. Is, it, is every Sunday eternity separated from God? Or is it like, let's have some fun and reach people today? Both. And you see that tension that we try to create right here at Hope Church. You're like, why are we having so much fun with all this stuff afterwards? Well, because it's both. And it says in Acts that Paul was right in the middle of that mess in that room in jail. And all the other prisoners could hear him. He was shining. He was pure while taking part in prison. He was in the prison, but not of the prison. He was pure, but not taking part, but also a part of it. The light in Paul was changing the atmosphere in the darkest place of the city. And when was it? It says right there in the middle of the night when it was darkest. He's in the darkest place at the darkest time of night. Paul and Silas in prison are shining the brightest. The darkest place, if you go to prison, I think it's the worst place in Elmira to be, the prison. I've been in there. It's not fun. It's the darkest place in all of Elmira. And he's in the darkest time of night, midnight. And he shines the brightest in that place and at that moment. And I know that in my life, the most difficult times, the times of struggle, disappointment, and tragedy, they've been experiences that have actually helped me shine brighter. He was shining. He was pure. And he was a part. Come on, experiences can't stop us from shining. 2022 and the tragedy coming towards you and a theater near you can't stop you from shining. Well, I don't know if I'm excited about it. Well, it's serious. And it's also the best time to be alive. It's so fun. All right. So the darkest places are where you can shine the brightest. And point number three, again, we are to shine in the heights and the depths. We shine in the height of delight. Woohoo! And the depths of honesty. Ooh. We still shine. If you notice, all three of these are like the sun and the earth. They're all like the stars, like a star perfectly hung with a gravitational pull and the earth's perfect forward motion that holds these two things in perfect balance. I want you to just go through them really quick. Look at your notes with me. Confidence in God, humility in man. What attention perfectly hung pure and blameless while being in the middle of a crooked and depraved generation being the height of delight and the depth of honesty and empathy and pain heights and depths shining shining for all three of them shining while perfectly suspended with a gravitational force that's pulling you in both directions like the stars in these contrasting moments, in this very contrasting hour of our country, of our nation, of everything that's happening around us that is really serious, we shine. Today, I want to call you to action. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to choose delight, to choose shining in the midst of drama, in the midst of depression, in the middle of dreadfully anticipating the worst in your future. You know, I'm supposed to be excited, but I'm not excited. Shine. You know, I am on cloud nine. I cannot wait to say goodbye. 21, hello, 22. Shine. 
I got amazing plans. I got my calendars laid out. I got my workouts ready. I got shine. And the heights and the depths and the confidence in yourself and the confidence in God and the humility of man shine. Shine with that perfect tension like the stars and the sky. I love that. Can we put Job, I think it's again, Job chapter 9, verse 9 again. Again, I want to read it with us. Job chapter 9, verse 9. It's our first verse of the day. I just want to look at this perfect tension. It says, and he hung the stars. I don't know where it says. And he hung the stars in the sky. This one, this one, this one, this one. Verse 10. We cannot understand. See, I think that's what we need to let go of. I don't understand why COVID is like this, and I don't understand why my job, and I don't understand why the regulations are like this. I don't understand why the world is so crooked and perverse. I don't understand why these people are so... We cannot understand his greatness in the middle of all this tension and the greatness of all these things he does into the miracles. That means the impossibilities. There is literally no end. So if it's impossible, I'm excited a miracle's coming. If it seems like really good, I'm excited. Something greater than what looks good is coming. Like, no matter what, I'm going to shine. He says, go ahead. Miracles, there's no end. And then it says something about shining. Come on, let's go to the next part. Shine like the stars in the sky. Oh, that's in Philippians. One more time. Let's look at Philippians one more time. No matter what, I'm going to shine. Everybody say shine. In which you shine like the stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. See, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be consistent <laughs> and shine. Good times, 22. Bad times, 22. I like this. I like you. You like me. I don't like you. You hate me. All the drama, I decide. I'm going to shine. You're in. I'm out. You're canceled. You got this. You don't have this. All the separation, all the division, all the drama, I'm going to shine we got to make a determination today to be like the stars in these contrasting moments and not run away, but to shine. Shine. Darkest place, darkest hour, shine anyways. Happiest place, happiest hour, shine anyways. Are we ready to shine? Can we resolve to say greater is he that is in us? The same power that raised Christ, that resurrection power is going to shine through no matter what I feel about me or you. I am ready to shine. Can we just stand to our feet at the beginning of this new year? I want to take a step of faith. I just want to take a step and say, my God, you know, get the, get, shake out the lethargy. Shake out the apathy. Shake off the comatose and shake off just Jesus stuff. I want to say, man, God, I'm stepping into all that you have for me this year. I will not hold back. I will not excuse myself from shining. I will shine like the stars. And today I'm taking a step to say I will shine. But that's you today. And you're, you're ready. I mean, we talked about significant small steps at the New Year's Eve party. That was fun. That was fun. If you were at the New Year's Eve party, go whoop, whoop. Come on, we had a fun night. I want to encourage you, you know, I'm going to make a small significant step at the beginning of this year. And I turn my face towards purpose towards Jerusalem, right? If I, as I look this way and I get ready to go and run another year, I want to say, God, I determine. I set my heart on things above. I set my heart on shining like the stars. I set my heart on your kingdom. I seek first your kingdom. And I say, I will shine first no matter what's happening around me today. No matter what's happening around me in February. 
I seek first the kingdom of God. I set my heart on things above. No matter what 2022 holds, I set my heart to shine no matter what.